Welcome to the Spiritual Rebels and Misfits Roundtable. Where we invite our fellow dreamers, thinkers, healers, lightworkers, world teachers, misfits, and rebels to join us every week at the Roundtable. Where we explore everything from love, business, life, and even things others might think are strange like UFOs or channeling. And we have co-created this space to deepen our own personal and spiritual journeys. And we'd love to have you add your questions, your wisdom, thoughts, ideas alongside us here at the Roundtable. And we're your hosts, Ashley Bradley, intuitive business coach and mom, calling out healers and lightworkers of the world to play a bigger game and show up with their unique magic. And this is my best friend, James Lesser. He is also a speaker, a writer, a member of the recovery community, and a clear spiritual activist. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the roundtable. So we are talking about toxic relationships today. And, you know, I don't even think we did this like in the actual episode because you, I like usually expect you to like go and look up some definition or like have some statistic for me. And you kind of let me down on that today. <laughs> it's going to be a lifetime of that. So get used to it. But I purposely look up any fact about this or statistics because I wanted to speak from the heart about my own toxicity. And I wanted to kind of talk about that at the, the head of the episode about, you know, we each need to realize that sometimes we're the toxic person and really yeah. recognize that, that we're not the perpetual victims. We're not, you know, we don't walk through relationships, you know, peachy king and uh, like crystal clear all the time. So to recognize when we're being toxic as well. So, one thing that I didn't bring into it that I was thinking that I would as I was getting ready was that like what's like a way that we could like really simply like define toxic relationships like would you agree that like that any kind of relationship that sort of takes us off out of our alignment sort of our soul alignment that sort of makes us feel that we can't be who we are sort of own our our truth um and pulls us out of a lot. I'm obviously like way oversimplifying it, but like, mm. do you, do you feel me on this or do you have a totally different perspective? But, no, I feel what you're saying on that, but the way I would like, what I'd like to add to that is constantly or continuously because- I mean, Continuously. You I, yeah, yeah. yeah, you and I sometimes will pull each other out or like a comment won't land correctly or there'll be a misunderstanding, but we work through it. But it's those relationships where it's continuously pulling you out of alignment asking you to not live your truth, to silence your voice. That's a big one that I've really noticed a lot in the last couple of months, especially silence your voice, be quiet, not be the exuberant person you are. And then of course there's a more, you know, darker version of it. They get, you know, abusive, they become emotionally and physically and spiritually abusive. But I think any relationship where you constantly feel like you're being knocked off your track by someone that's supposed to love you, that to me is toxic relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so we do have two guests today. They're both like friends of ours, mm -hmm. Stacy and Renee, who really like just own their story, that own their truths, that that have very different like histories and um, a variety of different types of toxic relationships. But I think the thing that I found most valuable is like when they started to get into like the red flags, like what are the things that we need to kind of spot and see to that maybe we didn't notice right before because we just wanted to see the best in somebody which i am totally guilty of that 
in my past, um, as well as like the, the, the thinking, like how, how did they start to fix their own thinking or pull themselves into, maybe I shouldn't use the word fix because that implies that we're broken, but you know what I'm saying. Like what did they need to do within themselves or grow within themselves or see differently to actually realize that a relationship was toxic and, and to leave. Those were, I think, some of the most like valuable things that came out of this conversation. How how about for you? What what did you really love? Well, with both Stacy and Renee, who are just beautiful, vibrant, amazing souls, the number one thing is like stop keeping people around to try to make you feel loved. If you know you're like, oh, this hurts, but I, they're gonna love me, or they mean to love me, or eventually they're gonna behave or eventually they're gonna be on my side. Don't keep people around waiting for them to get there. You know, yeah. if someone continuously makes you feel unloved or makes you feel like you have to be silent or abuses you, you know, the best thing you can ever do for that person, even though you mean to fix them, is set them free. And you know, mm -hmm. being a recover, recovering alcoholic, I gotta tell you, that's the most powerful thing you can do for someone when they're sick spiritually and mentally is set them free because it could be an eye-opener and i think we don't give enough credit to the concept of letting someone go to find their own footing and their own journey yeah yeah it's making me think about like to trust people when they show you who they are rather than i feel like i've been that person oh well they had this really bad childhood and this happened to them and so they're this way like i feel like we tend to like make a lot of excuses for people but we almost like feel like it makes us a better person because we see the best in people when we're really like fucking ourselves over <laughs> in the long run but well, and, and them over and them yeah over. yeah yeah so yeah. i mean love some one of the biggest lessons i've learned in my own journey of spiritual wellness and sobriety is detachment and love someone from a distance you can still root from someone and be across the street from them at another table from them but that's the best way you can love someone is from a distance sometimes because they're gonna go, why Why are all these people that are so amazing pushing away from me? Oh yeah, there's something I need to fix within myself, you know? And when the time is right, just like you and I took seven, eight years, but the timing was right. I did the work, you did your own work and here we are. So. Yeah, yes. Yes. So enjoy this. I feel like this is just a, a, a really powerful conversation i think that everybody that took part in this conversation probably saw things within their own life and their own relationships a little bit differently so we'd love for you to share like if you listen to this after the fact to come into our facebook group the spiritual rebels and misfits and and share with us like what you're seeing share with us your stories because that's what this is all about all right lots of love Thanks, joy Hey guys, if you are wanting to start your own podcast and you want a super easy way to do it, I highly recommend Anchor. So you can download the free Anchor app. You can either go to anchor.fm or just search on your phone for Anchor app. And the reason that I love it is it's completely free. It's a way that you can record and piece together like different elements of your podcast, whether you're on like your phone or your computer. And then it like basically puts your 
your podcast in all of the different places, so like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and then you can make money from it. So you don't have to have like any minimum amount of listeners. It's basically everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place for free. So you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Have fun with it. Hi, everybody. It's even more awkward. <laughs> I swear we cannot help but laugh when we start. I think it's like our signature thing. I was trying to like do a serious. Okay, anyways, come on. Hi, everybody. Hi. This is James and Ashley reporting live. I'm just <laughs> Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> if we were, yeah. But, okay, anyway, we're talking toxic relationships today. Um, so a lot of times James and I, we like, have a pre-conversation about our topic, like other than just like setting the topic, we have like our our conversation about it and we kind of talk about the things that maybe we want to bring in, but um, we didn't, we didn't actually, we haven't even like really fully had a big conversation, but we're kind of excited because we're wondering like, oh, maybe it's like kind of exciting. Maybe there's like a little bit of like a thrill, you know, of like not knowing what we're going to say. So let's first talk about why i know this one was actually your idea your suggestion what about this topic really stood out for you well gosh that's such a loaded question i actually had like a lot of reflection like getting ready for it today and here's like the truth of what i want to bring to the conversation like you know we talked about you know sexual assault the other week and i felt that was really a profound and deep needed conversation i actually hope that we go back to it again because i think there's a lot more to be said but what i was really realizing with toxic relationships is i you know with sexual assaults we see it play out in every woman's life you know every woman that we know it's played out in their life and with men and women, I see toxic relationship playing out in equal fields. Like all the men I know, like have been plagued by toxic relationships, all the women I know, and we're so afraid to get rid of them in our life, or we don't know how to get rid of them, or we get, uh, we get uh, addicted to them, and they kind of mm -hmm. play out, and they kind of really pollute this beautiful experience we can be having. But the real thing that I realized this morning, like when I was getting ready, is I was like, fuck, I've been the person that's been toxic in relationships before. You know, I don't have a right to come from a spiritual high top, as we say in recovery. I've been the toxic person in relationships, and I, I'm still far, far from perfect, but I've been super toxic in relationships. I've been that alcoholic in denial. I've been, you know, that person just full of self-pity that's been really toxic in relationships. And it kind of opened my mind to come at this conversation from a different angle where mm. I can't sit there and just be like, oh my gosh, I've been through relationships and these are as how I got out. I want to also talk about my own toxicity and warning signs of it. And, you know, when to know to exit stage left, because the truth is we are all deserving of love but I don't think a lot of us are ready for love or appreciative enough of love, or we want our own dramas to play out ahead of love. And we really have to take our power back and realize when someone is in their own pain too much to attend to a relationship, if that makes sense. It does. I think, I think um, I was thinking when you were talking that we probably have moments where maybe the whole entire relationship might be toxic, but moments of being 
toxic or little phases of being toxic. I think we're probably talking like bigger scope here, but that mm -hmm. was coming in for me when you were talking. I do think that I would love for this conversation to span like friendships, like romantic yeah. relationships, family. And what came in for me, and I actually haven't even asked you, I don't even know how you feel about me asking you this. Do you feel that in the first iteration of our friendship before our breakup and, and reuniting, do you think that we had moments of toxic friendship? Oh my God, I was absolutely a toxic friend to you. Absolutely, 100%. And I think that if we really want to grow into our full spiritual being and our full potential, we have to recognize when we fully have failed someone or not done so great in a relationship. Ashley, towards the end, I was a horrible, toxic friend for you. I'm and not looking you, for an amends right now, just to well, make you, that clear. You already got your amends, all right? <laughs> you already got your amends. No, but like, I want to own it. Like, towards the end, I was so plagued with my my alcoholism and my own self-pity that I completely failed you as a friend. And I, I can see- I feel like I had the addiction part. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like it was very a hard friendship for me to like leave or exit. So I'm sure that I played into it. Like, I don't remember all of the different nuances of it. Like, but I do, I do know like when we talk about the addiction of it, that even if it's like not romantic, that like I like loved and cared about you. And like, I probably fed into it. I probably, there was probably a lot on my part that I didn't do to like allow it to continue playing out. So I guess I just, I don't want to skip that part because I feel like you and I are still about really fully bringing our full selves to this round table. And like, I felt like, okay, we should probably just like name that, like even between you and I, we have this like beautiful friendship now. And like, that's what people see, but we weren't always like this together. It took like a separation and us doing our own healing work to come back together and, and like basically build a, a entirely different friendship. And so, I mean, I, I feel like that's a thing to celebrate and I think it's beautiful, but I, I just wanted to, and I'm, Maybe I should have. Maybe that is something I should have asked you about before. But no, yeah, I just want to. No, like, like we don't need to like, pre-stage that. But no, like that's kind of the conversation I want to have with. And I'm glad that Stacy's coming on. Glad Renee's coming on today because these are two voices. I think they get inter interweave this dialogue that like as light workers and a lot of people that are going to watch this podcast are light workers. We feel it's our responsibility to heal everyone. And I think that, you know, knowing you for as long as I've known you, you felt that responsibility to heal people and stick around and really be there to like glue people back together. And sometimes the best thing we can do for ourselves and other human beings, other souls on this journey is to step away and really let them go on their own journey. And I, and I watch my friends just get so plagued where they get addicted to the toxicity. And so I'm hoping we can have that conversation and realize it's okay to step away. It's okay to free yourself from that. You're not responsible for anyone else's happiness. And I watch so many men and women think they're responsible for someone else's. And I just got out of a toxic relationship. You know this. And it's so weird to be on the other side of it, to be finally completely at a healthy spectrum, in a healthy spectrum, and be like, that this is fucking not good. This is like, this is dark. You know, there's no winning in this situation. 
like I was a complete with a complete narcissist. I know that we're both doing a lot of learning on that topic. I think that our guests can bring a lot of uh, to it, but like I was trying to heal a narcissist and it was a lose lose situation. But for yeah. a long while, I didn't know how to let go, you know? So we're not responsible for anyone else's happiness. So I can hope, I hope we can have that honest conversation. So yeah. what, what comes to, to mind for you as we jump into this topic? Okay, because I feel like we've talked the friendship, mm -hmm. like, but just between you and I, we've named like the romantic side. And I mean, I, I think like you more than anybody know the majority of my relationship history. And I'm sure there's probably one person that we can both think of that was my like probably standout toxic relationship. And then, but I think the family thing of the the toxic relationships gets a little complicated because it's not, you're not going to as easily maybe exit if it's sort of like a blood relative. And so I know that I've been navigating some of that work. I'm not, I feel like I'm not ready to fully like talk about every aspect of it because mm -hmm. to the sort of honor the, the family member, but on my own, like I'm actually in therapy, sort of doing the work to be like, okay, well, what boundaries do I need to have within myself? Or if I change how I show up, how I view this, how, um, you know, sometimes even having conversations with myself before like family interactions to basically have it not feel as toxic to me anymore. And, and you always say, like, I can only be responsible, like my side of the street is clean. And so I think that that's, um, at least the work that I've been doing with family, I know other people will, it'll be so terrible that, that they have to fully remove themselves from the family situation and not see family members. And so I do think that that can be a, a really sticky one is when it's somebody that is a family member or somebody that you're related to. Um, what comes in for you when I say that? Well, full disclosure, I, I have fully separated myself from the family unit and you know this, and that was a long, long struggle and it took getting sober and it took really doing the deep work and full disclosure again, like in recovery, there's a lot of pressure to mend those family relationships and make them work. And I think just overall, there's that stigma that like it's blood, you have to stick with blood. And I believe that to some extent, we're born into like a family for a reason. I believe you also find like your spiritual family, your chosen family. Mm -hmm. But I, it was a 20 year struggle of like feeling like I had to be a part of a family and like kept going back to it like a magnet. And it took getting sober and really doing the work to realize like this isn't working. This is making myself sick. This is making the rest of my family continue to be sick. There's no eye opening here. This literally has the capability to kill me spiritually or even physically. And mm -hmm. so I did remove myself from the family unit. And like, I, that seems like an extreme case or like, you know, hopefully not, you know, the rule, it's an exception, but that is my story. I had to remove myself to the family in order to grow spiritually and grow into my truth. I know yours is a lot more complicated and maybe not this competition as like dark or, you know, as morbid. So I, I so appreciate the work you're doing to really have a better family unit, you know? But I think that a lot of times people, especially in addiction, they have to exit stage left and, and in toxic friendships, family relationships, and especially love relationships, sometimes there's no alternative but to exit stage left. Mm. And I, 
And I do want to hear if other people have perspectives on how to make it work, because I think that's beautiful as well. But sometimes you got to leaving the country would be my idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about the commune. I mean, it doesn't mean everyone has to know the address of the commune. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think that when we have our guests today, we want to have them maybe touch on sort of like their relationship to this topic. And we really want to focus in on like, how did you exit? Like, what kept you there? What, what did you need to hear? Like, or what did you need to maybe build within yourself to leave? And, and what's your healing journey been like? Because I think that it would be easy to probably get very sucked into the story of all of this because, um, I mean, who doesn't like want to hear someone's like truth like that? But I, I think that, I think it's good to maybe touch on the story and like hear, you know, what the journey has been or what the relationship is with toxic relationships for, for Stacey and Renee. And then really just hone in on healing. If there's any guests um, or not guests, people that are watching the round table that are watching live, what I really am, am thinking about is like, how much of this is like kind of karmic, family kind of dynamics playing out because with the the past lives that we have a lot of times there's we play we have to kind of play the opposite role so maybe like if we were the toxic person that we have to have like a, a another um you know kind of go around where we're, we're sort of have to experience the other side of it for our own like soul development so if there's anybody um, watching live, I really would love to hear like any perspectives on that because that's a thing. That's a thing that I that is like actually a, a kind of a, one of the themes right now for the full moon. So hmm. it's so funny that you bring that up because I, you know, I had lunch with Crystal, who's you know a reoccurring guest up here today. I hadn't seen her in a decade, and I was talking about. I really think I must have been a chauvinistic pig like in one of my past lives, that's why I'm surrounded by so many beautiful, badass women that put me in check constantly. <laughs> and I'm really learning the other side of it. But I also do want to bring up like, for our guests or anyone that wants to add in comments, like if you realize when you've been toxic yourself, and you've added toxicity to a relationship, how did you learn and change and morph from that? Because I think it's important that we realize that none of us are perfect. And while some uh, some will like go on long tangents or a whole lifetime of being toxic, if we can yeah. realize the toxicity in our own journey, like how do we grow past that? You know, what do we do to mm -hmm. change from being toxic to being in a healthy relationship, family members, friends, such as that? So Jocelyn was saying like the the family dynamic and sort of like the work on yourself yeah thanks for bringing that in jocelyn i feel like that's one of the things that sometimes we forget about we can make that better and less toxic i want to bring in stacy stacy yes I'm pulling you in here girl <laughs> hi i'm close the further away <laughs> hi, hi everyone can you kind of a close-up little uh, layout <laughs> today how are you i'm doing really good thank you for asking i love you guys so much it's amazing to watch you guys on here like just you're amazing. So I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad that you're back because I remember it was like hard for you to connect. And I was like, man, I'm like really dying to get Stacy into like deeper conversation. And so I kind of like tapped you. I'm like, is there anything here with this topic? Kind of just hoping that maybe 
you might feel a connection to it and say yeah. Little did you know. <laughs> well, um, I, I honestly, um, toxic relationships from like the minute I was born until today has been like the story of my life. I mean, there's just, I feel like you're talking about past lives. Like I had a reading once and the, the lady said that in my past life, I was like this queen and I got buried alive because people were jealous of me ruling or something like that. Wow. And I'm like, I think this is, that's true of my life. Like I, I have this big personality and I have this huge heart and I'm emphatic and I love people so much that I just look past all of the things that are red flags and all all the things that could be dangerous. And I was raised in like a really abusive household. I love my family. I've made major boundaries with the people who are dangerous and the people who aren't dangerous. I still keep around, but that's taken years of working on um, this, what you just talked about, working on all of those boundary setting and looking at myself and seeing what it is I really value in these relationships. And it's been a long, long journey for me. It's just changed every couple of years, it's different. I mean, I have two ex-husbands, I have four ex-restraining orders, I have three wow. different three kids from two different dads, like I have a huge history. And that story is not me, you know, but I lived so many years in that story of, oh, I came from this alcoholic abusive home, I was sexually assaulted and molested as a child. All of these things were like, that my story and made me small. Like I lived so small underneath that story of this is what happened to me. I'm the victim of these things. And don't mm. you know, treat me different because I'm a victim. But I didn't mm. know any of that. It's the unconscious part of me that was just reacting to life. And Let's until I started- into yeah. that. You're saying something so important. Like, <laughs> okay. tell me about what happened when you, when you became aware of like, the story of you placing yourself in in victim or even how you flipped that and changed that story because this is like really big what you're saying Stacey. well it's been i've been in therapy for um for trauma and ptsd and the sexual abuse for about five years now right but um in sobriety being in recovery 12 years into my recovery i finally admitted that about the sexual assaults and the um like the family incest in my you know, my immediate family that went on. And so that was from the time I was eight until I was like a teenager. And so um, I didn't know that any of that was even affecting me. I had told myself, I'm over this. Mm. Like, mm. this isn't bothering me anymore. I forgave all those people. I was just a kid. It doesn't matter. And then in every relationship that I was in with a man, I didn't believe, I didn't feel, and I just realized this the last couple of years, actually about a year ago, I just realized that I didn't like even believe that men had feelings and emotions. Like that's how deep rooted this was for me. Like I just thought that they were just, I just didn't give a shit. Like I didn't care. Like I'm like, if you're, this is what I'm doing. If you don't like what I'm doing, you can get the fuck on. Like, I don't need you. I'm going to just raise my kids and be myself and whatever. And if you don't like it, then you can go. And I think that split of like emotionally being able to disconnect um, helped me to stay in those relationships longer because I could handle so much pain. Like I could be in so much emotional, emotional pain and just live in that space of constant pain and not really even realize that I was there until I was out of it. And so it's taken a lot of therapy to unpack one thing at a time. It's one story at a time. My therapist and I sat down and I wrote out actual stories of like 
instances where I was picked up as, you know, I was 12 years old at the pool hall, picked up by a guy that's 25, taken back to his house, you know, had sex with him in the car, like all these things that went down, like as a child having, being abused by older men, like I didn't realize that I carried all of that into my adult life, in my relationships, in my marriages, as a mother, all of those things I just told myself, that was when I was young, I was on drugs and I was loaded, like I'm not that person now but it totally affects me. And it took being honest about that stuff and realizing that even though I was a child, I still placed myself in that position over and over again. And I had to, to take responsibility for it. And that was the first thing for me was taking the responsibility for what I was doing. It sounds like it, like inner child healing is sort of like yeah. going back, right? And kind of, cause I, I'm doing that kind of work now, girl. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Deep. Like, uh, it is like hard and heavy in my story. I know that I don't even want to like, I feel like sometimes I try to make my story like insignificant because it's not an extreme yeah. like yours, but like, that's like one of, I feel like the, mm. the ways that we avoid it, you know, one of the avoidance techniques. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I feel like um, one thing, James, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but like, one thing that I just want to bring in that I use with like my coaching clients sometimes like around flipping from victim that I think might be like a helpful tool is called the empowerment dynamic and it's called Ted for short. And so it's the drama triangle where uh, you guys can go look it up on YouTube or something. But <laughs> when you're placing yourself in the place of victim, it's like the upside down triangle where you have no power. Everyone is doing something to you, right? Yes. Every it's sort of pointing fingers outside of you, but the empowerment dynamic is flipping to like, it turns into a right way up kind of triangle. And so you're at the top of the triangle now and you become um, the really the creator of your story at that point where there might be challenges that face you and they might come at you and you're not waiting for anyone to save you. You're not blaming anyone else, but that it's really putting yourself in the place of these things have happened or are happening and what am I going to take and how am I going to, what am I going to do with them? And so that's what I'm hearing you say. And I think that I had a real uh, shift of like seeing myself as the victim for the first time when someone was explaining that to me. So I just wanted to share that in case um, anybody, you know, might feel called and maybe need to like pull themselves out of that, that victim story. So, one thing I, I kind of want to say to Stacy real quick and see if she gets me on this, that I really have come to realize, you know, Stacy is, you know, far, you know, has many more years on the sobriety journey. <laughs> I've always looked up to her in that aspect, but I realize in my sobriety journey that I've always equated being in love to pain and that there was going to be a pain attached to it. And I always thought watching my parents who are both active addicts, in their element that you know relationship was pain for me i always pulled away from that because i didn't want that pain i always equated love to pain and what i hear from stacy is she equated Dope that right in. <laughs> yeah right like but you accepted that these relationships <laughs> they were meant to hurt right like these marriages that have exhausted mm -hmm. themselves now they're meant to hurt and you accepted that oh i'm supposed to hurt because i'm married i'm supposed to hurt because i'm with a man and a man doesn't have feeling man doesn't have care because I've been hurt by so many other men. I've had an example that men just don't care. If I'm going to be with a man, I'm going to get hurt. And for me, I repelled myself from that. And that's the toxic nature within ourselves. That's a piece of ourselves that's not healed, that we think that if we're going to be in a relationship, it means pain. And I, I've come to realize that being in a healthy relationship, there's going to be scodes 
of pain. There's going to be trials of pains, but it's not just to hurt all the fucking time. And that was, it may sound simplistic to a lot of people, but that was mind blowing for me that relationships weren't constantly pain or sorrow or tugging or a, a struggle of power that like, that was really revolutionary to me. I don't know if you can relate to that, Stacey, but that really rocked my world to know that relationships and marriages and being with someone didn't equal a daily pain. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And getting to that that pain point inside of me, like really accepting that that pain is so, so deep rooted. It's not even about the person. You could put a different person in that spot in my in the relationships. It, it's the same outcome because I'm there. And so um, it was really having my therapist. She said to me, you know, when I told her one of my stories, she's like, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Like, I'm so sorry that you experienced that. And I was like, what? Wait, somebody is actually acknowledging that this happened? Like that was what really like the awareness of like somebody saying, I'm so sorry this happened. That shouldn't have happened to you, you know? And that's what got me to really start to love myself and like take care of myself because I didn't like the, the inner child work that Ashley was talking about. Like I didn't um, believe, I thought it was bullshit. Like, oh, inner child, mumbo jumbo, whatever. Like, that's not going to do anything for me. I'm over it all. And um, I didn't know that that pain was so deep rooted. I didn't know how deep that went. And um, I just accepted that pain as love. And if someone wasn't causing me pain, whether it was sexually in the relationship or the marriage or uh, physically, emotionally, all the different pain points, financially, everything, like, it was so painful all the time. And I created all of that because I thought that that was what things were. Like I just did not have the awareness that people lived outside of that pain, that life of pain, right? And I just, I pretended like everything was fine. I just lied to myself every day and did what I what thought I was supposed to do, what my family tells me I'm supposed to do, what the um, my what I learned as a kid, what I was supposed to be, how I was supposed to act and just avoiding the truth for years, for years. And so, yeah. So does it make sense to you that like you and I both have this rule that, you know, to be with someone was going to be painful. So we attracted, we allowed those people, those narcissists, those abusive people into our life because we thought that's what we were gonna end up with, you know? So it's like the laws of attraction. You know, you you concentrate on yeah. it and it shall come. Does that make sense? Because I've realized that in my life until recently, until I started leveling up, I mm -hmm. thought that a man or a friendship or family was going to equal pain. So I attracted that those relationships of pain. It was like karma relationships. If somebody treated me well, I ran the opposite direction. Like, right? This is the real. See ya. You know, like <laughs> you, you have to be a total piece of shit to like have want me around you. You know, that was mm. like, yeah. And I would always say like, oh, I walk into a room, I pick the sickest guy in there, you know, because I think I can help you and heal you. And oh, I, I look what I've done with my life. I can be this person to show you how to to do your life, you know, and like, that's just so sick. <laughs> like, and and I, it's so toxic. And I, and I had the story of I'm the victim, but I was really the one creating all of that in my life. Not, and it's all the unconscious creation. It wasn't conscious. It was just really that story and that whole dishonesty to myself for just so many years. But, but um, see, here's the kicker. And I want to get your viewpoint on this, Ashley, like you and I have a, a long history of sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. But I find that this happens in 
women without that history as well. You know, where they're they're almost almost integrated that like if you're gonna be with a man, prepare to be her, prepare to there to be mental dis disability, or like yeah. you know this like whole tug of war. I mean, I know we want to talk about the full encompassing like family friendship dynamics, but how do you feel about that, Ashley, with your own weaving and woving of past relationships? Well, I feel like it's created in our culture because everything around us is telling us that we're not enough. And that's like the biggest thing that I hear being in these like intimate conversations is that in some way that exists like within all of us at certain points or to varying degrees, unless we do a lot of heavy deconditioning sort of work. Because if you think about all the advertisements or in all of the media, it's really telling us to define ourselves by these things that are outside of us. And so I feel like that relationship is a part of that, like finding somebody that, um, I don't know, that maybe like tells us that we're pretty, that, you know, gives us attention, that might make us sort of feel a certain way because this is what where we're supposed to be at in life. And, and, and I, I don't know, I feel like there's almost like a kind of a cultural uh, thing. And you even brought up like the whole thing with um, how toxic relationships in media and movies are kind of like, like romanticize mm -hmm. and, yeah. right like yeah. it's well like, i mean like because like, it's like hot afterwards and it's like it's it's like Weird, but right? here's the thing, guys. It's only hot for a minute afterwards. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at my new like sweaty session afterwards, like right afterwards, my my experience, it's not hot afterwards, all right. But yeah, like that, like toxic, like you know, Harley Quinn, Joker, like the whole you thing, and it's meant to be entertainment. But here's the thing that I really learned. I was so busy chasing those breadcrumbs that you're talking about, Ashley. Those like you're attractive or like, oh, you're you're something in this life, like that I didn't realize I deserved the whole loaf. I was so chasing those breadcrumbs that I didn't I didn't didn't realize I deserved the whole goddamn motherfucking loaf. And it wasn't until I, I got sober and did the spiritual work within, I looked inwards that I realized like I don't need someone to tell me I'm hot or someone to make me feel safe for a week or a month. I need to feel safe within myself and I will attract that safety. I need to feel love within myself and I will attract that love. So it was absolutely that whole, the whole, I was chasing breadcrumbs. So that's all I ever got. So Stacy, I know we have Renee coming in in the next few minutes. Is there something that, I mean, I definitely hear you saying when you didn't want to be the victim anymore, when you named that, that that was a big thing that yeah. got you into a different perspective. Was there something that you needed to, hear something that you wish that you would have known like anything that you think would help somebody that's in this position that you'd want to share with them well i mean you talked about the cultural thing and um for me being a woman i was always told that i needed to have a man in my life or a partner in my life to be to be fulfilled like there was always like oh you're not going to catch a man by doing this you're you're going to be an old maid and all these different things that were this told to me as a child or as a young person find somebody soon like don't worry right? yeah I'm sure the right guy will come along soon yeah right yeah. like it's like really it's like you i just want to say like you don't need that person it's not, there's no person outside of yourself that's ever going to make you feel complete in that way like the only way that i'm going to find the person that's for me is to, to be complete with myself through spiritual study meditation through my prayer work through that dark work um and i'm i have a book that i'm reading right now and um it's talk it talks about like getting down to that darkness and um 
that's really what I'm working on is like, I have to go and do that shadow work before I can actually start to heal into the light because I can do all the positive affirmations I want in the world. But if I'm not, if I'm just putting that frosting over the piece of shit, it's still a piece of shit in there. You know, I got to get down to that inside, you know, like it's not a cake. <laughs> I got to get inside that filling and, um, and you like really get that void filled with, with, with my inner resources, my inner spirit, you know, it's nothing outside of me at all. And I, and I always was taught like there's this sky daddy who's going to like save me and I have to go have that relationship. And, and I'm a sinner and I'm horrible and, and all of these things and I'm evil. And, and that's just bullshit. You know, there, that's not true. And, and I just had to completely say like, this is not true for me. If that's what you believe, then go feel sorry for yourself and whatever. And people in my life um, are angry because I don't, I'm not sad about some things anymore. Like I, I get past things. I have no guilt or shame about things in the past. And it hurts. It upsets people because people that aren't well want you to be sick with them. They want you to go in that dynamic and not change that dynamic of the relationship. They want you to stay in their in their little place because if you were to change, the whole dynamic changes. So mm. I just had to, to know that I don't need anybody to make me okay. I, 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 until I'm okay with me, I can't be in any relationship, not even mm. with my you know, my coworkers, you know, even that type of relationship is going to be crappy if I'm not happy with, with, with Stacy, you know, with myself. So yeah. Yeah. like, like Dyer, like Wayne Dyer always says, you know, we don't necessarily attract what we concentrate on. We attract what we become and what we are. Yeah. And so if you're not lovely and amazing, don't expect lovely and amazing. It's about like leveling up. And so it's like, you feel mm -hmm. like shit about yourself. You can put on as much makeup or design a clothing as you want. Mm -hmm. You like, you know, it goes the same for us. Not only are like, we trying to make someone else look like, you know, a delicious cake when they're a piece of shit with frosting on it. <laughs> it's the same for us. You know, until you level up within yourself, <laughs> you're going to attract more of that yeah. shit. Yeah, you lick that frosting off the top, it tastes good, but after a while you get to the real shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for today, guys. Thank you so much. Our little like clip that we like share with people afterwards, but I I'm really grateful for you. I feel like you were the perfect person to join us today. And I'm sure that we'll have you on for a bunch of other a stuff. Million things. A I'm million. here, you guys. I'm here. So and you look you fabulous, so honey, by the way. I just, I haven't seen you in person, but just, you look <laughs> fabulous. You, I can tell the inner light is shining and I love you to death. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. Bye, babe. Okay. Bye. So Renee, I'm going to pull you in now. All right. Thanks for waiting. I know. Hello. Hey, uh, hey you Nene. Good. You look I fabulous. She... Are you muted? She now frozen and muted. Oh, I don't know. Well, Look at that. Oh, oh, oh I'm unmuted. Oh. Yes. Better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay. okay. So sorry, I was making noise earlier, so I got muted somewhere along the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life, Nene. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to set the thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell me, like, I feel like it's freezing in and out, but I feel like the the universe might like smile upon us and sort of like help yep. the connection. 
you, uh, whatever the internet okay. connection angel Should I move? We're calling on you now. I don't know. It's kind of freezing in the now, but I want to yes. know, like, with like, this specific topic, toxic relationships, what what are you into the roundtable today? Oh, man. Oh, dear. So um, I feel like I, when I saw the post, I was like, oh, I know this. And then as you started to expand on the subject, I was like, wait, there's more. I feel like an infomercial. I was <laughs> like, there's more things I can talk about, you know? Because, you know, what started in my head is like, oh, yeah, I had a bad boyfriend. It's like, oh, yeah, I had a bad boyfriend and I'm a people pleaser. So my friends step on me and, oh, wait, my dad sucks. So it kind of, it's like, oh, wait, I got all, I check all these boxes, you know? So, um, yeah, it's kind of wild because, like I said, I thought, oh, I'm just talking about, like, empowerment. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's more that I... <laughs> That I admit. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that you're having some like, like things that maybe are having you look at that through a different lens because I feel like that's what this is like totally all about. Oh, yeah. I think that what I, I would love to kind of touch on more, James. Let me know if you want to go a different direction. Um, sorry, it's, it's like hot as fuck out here right now, so I need to pour myself more water. So um, it's okay. I is really my, wanna... Is my connection better? You're, you're a good girl, I think, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's working. It's working for you. Um, I mean, that okay. bosom, though. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is there a sign on it? I'm like, no, it looks, I'm like giving it props. I, I, wore, I wore this for you. <laughs> you good. All of now this. I feel like some like Donald Trump pervert. Like, are you gonna wear low crop tops for James? It's weird that, that you're doing it for the gay co-host. But anyways, uh, what you where do you want to go with this Ash? Sorry, her bosom distracted the whole conversation. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we might do a different COVID. If people don't realize that you're a gay man, then I know. But I'm where do you want to go with I'm this sorry. Ash? It, I want to go. You have nothing to be sorry about. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> I want to go in the direction of the the after, like right, like it's like, how did you leave? Like, what was the thing that helped you finally to exit and to stay away? Because I feel like these toxic, especially romantic relationships, tend to have a lot mm -hmm. of and out right a lot of coming like what? getting back together and breaking up right what? so tentacles tentacles for sure interwoven shit yes um for sure oh. um i think yeah for me um sorry what i was trying to say is because of covid i don't get a special i don't get to get out much so for you guys i put myself together that's where i was going earlier before you don't need to that. explain yourself anyway. i'm here for it I'm just saying. So anyways, um, <laughs> what happened, I think, for me was, like, over time, I was able to put distance. And over that distance, I was able to realize it was going to be okay. Um, because I, I had a lot of issues with fear um, because it was a control thing. Like, they knew where I lived. They controlled my website. Um, there was a lot of things right. where it was like a power play, um, you know, took my card to go to the nightclub, like things like that, where it was a control. And in that moment, in that crazy, I didn't really see it that way. I was like, oh, he's just acting up where now I can understand he 
did that so I couldn't go without him. He did that so if I acted up, he could forward my website to pornography. He mm. knew where I lived, so if I didn't answer his text in a timely fashion, he could just show up, you know? Where over time, I realized it was okay, and I realized it w didn't have to be that way, and I didn't have to, like, bow down to that, and I would just take the risk. And honestly, it's okay. I've moved. I've... You know, I mean, my site is what it is. It exists. Um, I'll be honest. Can we talk about club, the website? Coming. Yes. The website thing for a moment. How do you feel yes. if I like slow, like basically kind of name of the situation with that website? Do you, I have your permission to bring that in from our conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't okay. Care. Nothing's because off topic. You can do it. talking about the victim thing. And I remember you telling me this story about how he like controlled your website and was like forwarding it to porn when he got mad at you. And I was like, girl, yeah. get a new fucking website. <laughs> like, just, let's find a way to like cancel it. Yeah. And I'm like, is there that many people that have it that you can't just like change it and move on and not have to sort of like, but I just wonder how you see that now because at the time you probably felt so like helpless i guess like, yeah totally like how do you see that now from this vantage point where you're at today i mean honestly at this point it's just it exists um it's not um updated it's all that kind of stuff i mean i feel like in the time since like linkedin and all those other things have come up so to have like a live updated roster of work um you know, I'll be honest with you. It's like, I realized it wasn't so important. I thought I needed to have a presence that was of such, but nowadays it seems like your Instagram and those kinds of things are just as valuable. Um, so it just kind of, again, I think I had to put it in perspective, but at the time it was such like a, I went to LA and I didn't go say hi. Now my site forwards to lemon party, which is old men hooking up, you know? And it's like, what's going on? Like, that's not cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's your healing journey been? Have there been different things that you've, like, built and sort of grown within yourself to really be able to continue to maintain that distance? Yeah, I mean, I think for me it was just the realization that um, I didn't have to give the power. Um, the fact that, like I said, I, I didn't owe them anything. I thought I could save them from themselves because they had issues. Um, I'm a people pleaser. I'm a settler. Mm -hmm. When someone's like, oh, I like you. I'm like, oh, maybe. Like, sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, why the fuck did I do that? So in that, I kind of ended up in this predicament. I feel like time and time and time again, you know, like I had another boyfriend that told me I'd never be successful. And, you know, I didn't think about him as a bad person. But then it's like when you look back, I was like, yeah, he wasn't really nice. So um, I think I just I want people to me and I've kind of accepted the crap that kind of came with um but as time has gone by I've kind of accepted or realized that like that doesn't make that okay behavior and put distance and just kind of realized my self-worth like I would rather not be with someone than be with someone that's going to treat me crappy or make me feel that kind of nervous or unsafe um you know in the long term because it's not worth it so try to follow me on this real quick, Renee, and tell me if I'm way off base, but this is part of the feeling yes. I've realized with toxic relationships is where that uh -huh. craziness, when it goes into that stratosphere, 
it's almost yes. like it's intoxicating because it feels like they love you so much that they're acting this crazy that you're like this important to them or you've had this much impact on their life that they're acting so fucking nuts that it's almost there's almost a thrill or addiction to it and then when you don't have someone being that stalkery or like being like you know like pushing back or like forwarding your website to other people in revenge it almost feels like you know that is what fulfilled you and made you feel like you mattered and that that was at least my case if someone's that enthralled with me and acting out in such a huge way and calling me six thousand times a night and hanging up and leaving drunken messages i matter i finally matter to someone and for me, that was the only way I could fill that huge hole in my gut and in my heart was by having these toxic relationships that was so venomous and so gross, but it made me feel wanted. And I don't know if that resonates with you, but like part of it was like I, I felt wanted and it felt like I mattered to someone, even though it was gross and toxic and mm -hmm. horrible, I mattered. Mm -hmm. And now letting the quieter yeah. love in, the love that isn't full of drama and the love that isn't full of like hang up phone calls and, you know, horrible things said and credit cards stolen and <laughs> stuff like that. It almost feels like, well, they don't love me as much as this other person. And that's that was really toxic on my behalf. Does that resonate with you or are you like, you're way fucking off? I I think for me, it wasn't so much that I loved that it was really crazy. I think for me, I felt really helpless in the situation. Um, like looking at it now, I'm like, why the fuck did I just leave? But in the moment I was like, he has my keys. He's going to hurt himself. He, he's threatening to kill himself. If I walk out the door, like I felt that I couldn't leave. It wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. that I wanted to be there, but I felt trapped because I had to save him. And in but that, here's the whatever thing. happened to me. How, how many of those guys were actually going to kill themselves when they pulled those shenanigans? And this is the question I had to ask myself. It felt good to need to be needed that much. At least in my case, I'm not trying to put that upon you. But like yeah, now no, trying get to you. get into a healthier, healthier spectrum, like, you know, those guys that say mm -hmm. they're going to kill themselves, do you leave or stay? They ain't going to kill themselves. They just are fucking crazy. <laughs> desperate they're desperate That's like yeah. like they always say like right that like desperation comes when people feel like they're like losing their power that they really mm -hmm. try like anything and they're like oh like and i mean i feel like case by case scenario here i don't want to be shelling out advice yeah. when it comes to advice but yeah no like, no what's the thing that you might say like if there's somebody out there that's feeling trapped in that situation what's something that you wish that somebody yeah told you that you would want them to hear mm. today, just as sort of like your, your final thought here. Um, yeah, um, not to backpedal, but although yes, I do agree, sometimes people do it for attention and I think there was a level of that. There was levels of like, I got dragged on my birth because my phone got taken because I was getting attention. Like there was a level of violence. There was a level mm -hmm. of like unsafety, like, like yeah. I got pretty messed up. Point is, I don't, I don't, I didn't trust. I didn't feel like that was just like an attention thing because there was physical harm, um, to be completely honest. Um, but I think for me, um, it's just, you know, realizing that in the moment, although it seems like you're stuck and you're trapped and you're like sitting on your hands, that really isn't 
it, you know, there is like a life outside of it. Um, it doesn't have to define you. Um, you know, and I think I definitely needed help. And at the time I didn't know how to get it, you know, like, yeah, my friends thought he sucked and yeah, my mom was like, I want to kill him. But like, that didn't help anything that just was part of the dynamic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. If anyone that's listening does have like resources that they know about, or, um, if you guys, either Stacy or Renee know of any resources, I feel like I'd love to include that in the show notes. Like when we post this, um, recording in our podcast so that if someone's listening and they do feel like they don't really have anyone to go to that, um, yeah, I, I guess I just wonder if we sort of crowdsource what kind of resources you might be able to put into the world for people. I mean, I personally had gone ahead and like, uh, someone had given me a contact and it's like, it was like a women's thing to kind of look into like my rights as far as like my website, getting a restraining order and doing all that kind of stuff. I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't process. I started it and then I stopped because I was like, I feel bad because I go feeling bad for people. And so I never like fully went through with it. But like I said, it just kind of, you know, over time I've kind of healed and it's gotten space and, you know, I don't live in that fear anymore. So what so, are some, some, sorry to interrupt you, love. So what are a couple of the red flags that you really ignore? Yeah. That you could really help think that could really help other women or men too, to really understand that they're in a level of toxicity that is dangerous or unhealable that you ignore that now in hindsight, you're like, Oh, motherfucker. Like I should have seen this from the go. Um, I'll be honest with you. Things that, aren't funny to you that maybe are offensive i'll give an example i'm jewish i don't like the jewish jokes maybe that should have been a sign of respect um went on a date the waiter was bad tipped a penny was totally embarrassed um maybe that shows you how they treat others um anger management issues acting out not towards you but just in general maybe a sign that you're not safe um, noticing things are broken, mirrors, holes in walls, things like that. Well, suck. Um, you know, at the time I didn't put it all together. I didn't think anything would happen. And then all of a sudden things were just kind of happening, you know, and it wasn't right away in the beginning. It seemed okay. Um, so I, I think for sure, it's just one of those things where, you know, you try, I give people the benefit of the doubt and I trust them, but I think you have to have some like non-negotiables and boundaries for yourself. And I think, like I said, cause I'm a people pleaser, I've kind of let things ride. Like, well, I didn't think that was funny, but maybe someone else does. I'm going to let it go. And maybe that was a bad call, you know, or. I, I love that you said non-negotiables because I have a, I have a lot of non-negotiables in my life. Can I ask you if you're willing to share, like, what are like, Good. maybe your top three non-negotiables um i think for me at this point i've realized i need someone who's driven and focused whether it's like a big career or a job i i personally um i'm a hustler and you know nothing against the person who like wants to do this or you know is in between jobs but um I, I can't, I want someone to be busy and driven and focused and have their own thing. You know, like I don't want to feel 
like they're just kind of there. I've learned that. Um, I also think for me, um, there's like a level of like this respect and safety stuff now um, that mm. now is more present for sure. Mm. Um, because don't repeat history. In addition, now that I'm getting older, it's about like future stuff. Like I don't want to just date people to date people. I, you know, I would like to date people that seem long term or have more positives than just like meeting people to meet people. I mean, Sam's COVID. I mean, right now there's nothing going on, but in a perfect world. <laughs> I well I, I love that you finally like have like I ain't gonna put up with no more shit anymore. So good for you, girl. <laughs> good. And yes. by the way, if a Jewish joke comes up, it's probably a sign you should go, girl. <laughs> well, like I don't mind the funny ones, but like talking about like you wanna get in the oven, like, okay, that's a little rough. Okay. Like that's a little morbid. That's a little too far. You know, like you that's, wanna stay on a good shop for sure. Lie. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for bringing that in because honestly, some of those red flags was even like giving me like insight into like, oh, like there's definitely all these other relationships that I'm like, oh, yep, definitely multiple toxic relationships romantically. But um, we're getting close to the end of our time, so I just wanted to thank you and really. <laughs> Honestly, I just appreciate you bringing like your full story and your full self. Of course, of course. People, I really appreciate you. Of course. Um, yeah, I would just say like the going out is like, you know, just understanding like sometimes people are the way they are. It's not anything I per se did, um, but it's kind of like yeah. what you choose to do with it. Like my dad sucks. I have low expectations knowing my dad is not he's gonna say he's gonna call me back tomorrow and he's never gonna call me back you know what i mean like you kind of have to set those boundaries and those understandings so you're not let down you know so you expectations know. are a motherfucking joy killer absolutely so, yeah yeah and covid's been good for friendships in regard to you talking about friendships sorry about <laughs> but um like i think putting that distance you realize like oh i don't need that or oh i don't have to hold that space for someone who just use me to go to a nightclub or just use me as that's something so, to do. That's so true, club. though. I mean, COVID has really <laughs> revealed every spectrum of relationship in my life. Healthy, good, yeah. bad, on its way out, on its way in. So, yeah, COVID has been a blessing in that respect. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Well, thank you, Renee. Yeah, thank, thank you for, yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Love you guys. Thank you, love. Bye. Bye. So there's some really good comments that I wanted to bring into this. Like Stacy dropped a, a few in. Um, so she's saying in order to leave, I had to search myself to finally get honest about what love means to me. Love needs to be safe. Love is not coercion or control. Cruelty is not okay ever. And then I saw Lamont chiming in and he's saying that with a lot of people, their definition, um, it says with, within many people's definition of love, violence is usually not present. Constant disrespect is usually not present. Feeling low is usually not present. And he's saying that these are things that um, you can show, you can start to kind of like maybe point out and not just be, I think sometimes people quiet themselves is what Lamont is trying to say, because we want, we don't, we just want to let our friend kind of live their life and we don't want to be the person to say anything. But I remember like someone, I had a friend that was gonna get married to someone and I spoke my truth and I was like, 
they didn't end up getting married, not just because of me, but that was fucking hard. And I had to sort of like say my truth from a place of love and then like, and then just realize I needed to love my friend. Um, Stacy's red flags, like there's some like gold in these comments right now. Mm -hmm. uh, she was saying lying, cheating, controlling, calling women bitches or hoes, hating their parents, not having their own friends, needing constant attention. Really, really good ones. Um, I like definitely realized, um, oh, and then Lisa as well. She's saying that sometimes people just don't understand um, unless, like how hard it is to leave sometimes. Um, that you have to be ready to leave because as much as other people see the toxicity, like you have to be ready to own it. And so I wanted to bring hers in. Um, that's such a, oh, that's such a, I have so many feelings about that comment and I respect it fully and I understand it, but it's so, I feel it's almost, if someone of love and integrity is trying to point that out to you, if you want to be a healthy individual, you maybe should hear it instead of being like, you need to wait until I'm ready to hear it. Because I mean, the truth is when I was in my spiritual sickness, so many people tried to sound the alarm of so many situations but I would not listen. I know what you're, you're saying about like trying to tell someone that you love that they're in a really bad relationship. You know, a friend of mine just went through a, a relationship breakup and I took the risk of sounding the alarm for like a good six months. And it's always like, you're afraid like, Oh my God, if they stay together, you're going to lose out in the friendship. Like you're, you're going to, I'm going to lose this person because I don't like their partner. But the truth is if you really love someone, you have to sound the alarm and that's not to be judgmental of someone else's part because you don't like the way they dress or because they're fat or a slacker or some weird thing like that. It's like when you see someone really yeah. hurting, you got to sound the alarm and that goes with yeah. friendships and like family relationships too. So I think that what is, I'm also kind of hearing within all this is that like, it's really important to do the work. Like when you're not like, if you're in between relationships, like do the fucking work like on yourself before you get into the next one, because I think you do start to um, feel kind of entrenched in it and addicted to it. And any kind of addiction is like, it's, it's challenging. There's all these receptors in our brain and hormones that are released that like, it seems like if you're finding yourself not in a relationship and you know that you have a history of it, I feel like this is like, the, the invitation from the universe to like do that work and dive into the work before you enter into something new so that you can really have that like, uh, I think really clear sense of what you're gonna allow, what you're going to um, maybe even participate in. What are you, what are you thinking? Well, just to piggyback off what you're saying and what's really resonated throughout this conversation is we're, we're almost, <sighs> programmed societally that we have to be in a relationship or we have to like have these close bonds with our family, no matter how toxic, or we better have like a large group of friends or we're losers. And I think there's so much power in spending time really getting to know yourself and respecting yourself and whatever your higher power, whatever your spiritual connection is really tapping into that because once you do that, like, I think there's so much power in being alone after a relationship. I watch so many of my friends jump from one to the next. And there's so I much I was probably power. one of those friends. In my yeah, you were. <laughs> you were. 
but I mean, did, is the truth is that you got in a healthy relationship when you spent some time with yourself, correct? Yeah, I mean, I remember getting to the place like between like the, uh, I guess the space that existed before I met my now husband. I remember like looking at these like goals that I had and realizing that all of them had a man attached to them, like a condition that I had to meet in order to have kids, to have a family. And as soon as I was like, you know what? I can do all this fucking stuff on my own. Like I, there's ways, there are ways to do these things on my own. And I am not going to really allow like all of my happiness and all of the success and the things that I want to be built on a man. Of course, that's when he showed up because I think that I was finding that wholeness within myself. I wasn't seeing, like, I think that like the other half kind of thing, it's just like, I don't really like that phrase because it, it's implying that we're incomplete without mm -hmm. having a partner. And so I feel like I was able to step into that relationship um, in, a, in a different way that I had before because I had made that, that choice from the personal development work I was doing at the time. Well, again, I mean, not to harp on this, but Wayne Dyer forever. And I know you bring it up a lot too. the whole, you know, you attract what you become. And I think you finally separated yourself and became love and you became courage and you became family vibe within. And so you attracted love and you attracted a courageous man and you attracted family. And I think so many of us like go to people trying to find that feeling or that vibration and we do it on our own. We attract it naturally because it is law. It is the law of the universe. And I, I just watch so many of my guy and guy and girlfriends do that where they're like, oh, my God, I have to find this through someone. And it's when you stop and find it within yourself that it all blossoms around you. Well, I totally did manifest him because I was reading that book, Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, which was like, it's like manifestation, law of attraction, like light, where it, it basically is like, You've been being a fucking victim, like bitch, like no. She <laughs> but it was basically like the the first taste of like realizing that like of being a point of attraction for things, and and there's no coincidence that like I had those realizations at the same time I was like reading that that book and stepping into that that journey. The other thing that comes in is uh, I think this would be really good, and it's been something I've been thinking about as I. Um, I think sort of make different choices in, in my life in terms of like who I want to be. Cause a lot of the stuff that I'm into um, with my business and my spirituality and stepping into the channeling, not everyone agrees with that. You know, not everyone is going to agree and be like, yeah, that's a great business move and life move for you to own that part of your, your truth and your gifts. But Brene Brown talks about in one of her books, like, I can't remember the exact exercise of like naming who are your people that, that their opinions matter to you. Like, like name those people and identify the, them. The square, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Square. Did, you read, did you read that book? I know more than I look like I know. <laughs> but Ashley, just real quick on that note, what's this the year of? What's oh, this the year of? What? The, with, the year of giving no fucks. So if, if someone oh. don't like your channeling, if someone don't like like you becoming a witchy <laughs> woman that you were meant to be. We don't get no fucks. Oh and let me tell you, like when that comes up in a sessions where I'm being coached or in my therapy session, I kind of bring that in, which honestly it feels almost like weird to bring that into therapy because it feels kind of risky <laughs> to share that with the therapist. But um, cause I feel like they're going to like 
try to diagnose me with something, but I was very careful that they were like in the spiritual realm. But here's the thing is like, you're one of my people, right? Like on that list and you're going to be a truth teller because I feel like we have aligned values. Like, like we know that we have a healthy relationship and that like, honestly, it's like, I'm always going to run it through my own filters. If you were to disagree with something, I'm going to run it through kind of my own filters and intuition. But like, I know that you are somebody that fully believes in me, right? That somebody that sees and kind of holds the same greater vision for my life as I do. And I feel like that's like why you're one of my, my people, because I know that I can trust, like if you're calling me on something, I could trust that you are a truth teller in my life that matters and that I need to pay attention if you were to sound an alarm. Well, here's my closing note on that. Why are we not requiring that of all relationships in our life? And if people can't bring that dynamic to our life, why can't we love them from a distance? And that's what I've really learned about toxic relationships. And I was so glad the people that held me at a distance or pushed me away did when they did because it made me look in the mirror. But if someone's not going to be a truth teller and a lover and a, a cheerleader for you, be it family, friends, your lover, your partner, then what are they doing in your life? Let them go on their own journey. You know, Uma Thurman's quote that I will always love is, I still love the people that I loved, even if I now cross the street to avoid them. And I feel that way. Like when you truly love yourself, if someone's not cheerleading you, if someone is not there rallying for you, telling you the truth when you need to hear the truth, what the fuck are they doing in your life? Completely. Any closing yeah. thoughts for you? I just think that that's all relevant. And I feel like there's so many things to say. Like, I feel like we could just go on and on and on about this conversation. But I just, um, yeah, I'm, I feel like this, I'm really glad that we had this conversation because I feel like it's just, it's huge. It's so present. And, and when we like heal um, and release those energies within us that um, are associated with toxic relationships, just think about the space that that opens up for these like new higher vibrational frequencies to step in and how everything like up levels. And I feel like, like the women, Stacy and, and Renee are perfect examples of that, that they like, they're glowing, right? And they are right. just in a completely different place, but <sighs> so much to say, but I feel like it's time to like wrap it up. Shut it down. <laughs> I love right, well, you so thank much. you everybody I love you and we'll we'll I think we're talking about plant medicine next week that was a topic that we were going to talk about this week and it um and oh Stacy's here too I, I said I think Stacy thought that I was like a part of the recovery community <laughs> and I was like oh my god Stacy's gonna be so worried about me Stacey's no no okay I know we're closing up but let me tell the true <laughs> conversation okay it was okay. you recording your video for plant medicine and you finished and you looked at me and said, can you, can you please let Stacy know that I'm not part of the recovery community? I don't want her to be worried about me. Because <laughs> I, I can totally see like you guys all have each other's back and I'm just like, oh my God, she might be so worried. She might be like, oh my God, what's going on with Ashley? And like Ashley. He, like smokes weed that's terrible like we and you said her. that and i was like i'm gonna tell stacy yeah ashley doesn't think she has a problem if she smokes weed or gets into plant medicine i'm <laughs> really concerned about her but she's on her own journey and you did not like that answer <laughs> <laughs> because if i was i would be like all about like oh my a gosh. book nazi you would be a book oh, nazi I, in recovery. I, yes 
<laughs> all right on that note let's We're wrap it up we'll see you guys later Bye. love you all <laughs>